Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way if you keep on the sunny side of life. Hi, my name is Joe Martin. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Toledo, Washington. I'm really looking forward to this weekend where I can talk to you about families. I know it's Mother's Day, but I want to broaden it out since it's coming out of the book of Luke chapter 8 about families and how we deal with families. I just want you to know it's not going to be any um, guilting or perfectionism. As a matter of fact, what I really want to do is help us understand, help you understand how you can relate to your family, how you can relate to your kids at this point in your life or grandkids, or how you can relate to your mom and dad through the life of Jesus. Super important lessons in this, how you can live the freest, happiest life you can with your family and why it's important to understand the kinds of families. But today, for this midweek, I want to talk to you about the two most important things you can offer your family. The two most important things you can offer your family. And I want to show you this in the life of Jesus. You know, Jesus had a family. He did. He grew up with a mother and brothers. Um, and sisters, you know, obviously with Mary, he had he had this large family of siblings. He was the oldest of this this entire um, line of siblings. Jesus grew up fully human, so I guess that means that we can understand he really did know. It really is true that when Hebrews four fifteen says we we do have we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. When you have a whole bunch of family members, you are going to be tempted. (laughs) Maybe not in all things, but just about all things as we are. And by the way, that doesn't change as you get older. Sometimes as you get older, those sibling relationships can become more difficult. I can understand. I'm the youngest of ten. And I'm going to talk more about that in my own experience coming up, uh, especially this weekend. Jesus, he understands your pain. Jesus understands you as a mom and how that can be disappointing and and how, how maybe as a child and in a family, there were certain things that you wish could have been true for you that you wish would have been different. That's true for all of us, myself included. He understands your feelings, your disappointments as part of a family. And Jesus models in the middle of of imperfect people. He models the two most important things you can offer your family. You can start these things starting right now. If you're a mom, these will affect how you relate to your children. Or if 
you are a dad, this will affect how you can relate to your children, both this message and the message to come. And if you're children within a family, this will affect how you relate to your mom or to your dad or to your siblings. Jesus models this in a relation in the relationship with his mother. But it's true for all family relationships. From the earliest years, he had a sense of who he really was. There's nobody like him. This awareness was not fully shared by his mother, even though she would have known that there was this miraculous birth. His, his beginnings were without explanation. Even though she had pondered these things in her heart, they didn't really understand what he was all about. They didn't. As a matter of fact, it tells us that when he became 12, by the way, in 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 um, Judaism, that's when you really become a man, your bar mitzvah. And he, when he became 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And when they were returning after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of it. Very independent. I don't know if you remember what it was like to be 12, but... You know, right in that that vein, 12, 13, you pretty much have, you're beginning to have a sense of yourself and a clear understanding of what you like and who you are. They didn't know what he was doing, but they supposed him to be with the caravan. And that means they traveled in a large group, extended family and close friends from their village. And they figured he was with them. And they went a day's journey. Has anybody seen Jesus? And they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. This is very stressful. If you've ever lost a kid or you don't know where they are, some of you maybe have this right now. You have a, a child, you wonder where they are. Then after three days, they found him in the temple. Three days they're looking for him. And he was sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him, the the teachers, the professors and the, the thinkers, were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Now, when they saw them, Joseph and Mary, they said to him, they, they were astonished (laughs) if you're a parent and you have 12, 13, 14 year olds, they were, you know what the kind of astonishment is like, what is going on here? They were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us this way? Very personal. Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. They were anxious. They were worried in that family. Jesus had done something they didn't expect. They didn't understand. Now, Jesus' response was he did not make an excuse. He didn't say, oh, I didn't know you left. He didn't get defiant. Like, it's my life and I didn't ask you you to meddle in it. Here's what he said. He was just honest and clear about who he was and what he was doing. He said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? 
did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? See, he knew who he was already. He knew that he was not, this was a, his specific purpose in life. Now notice what it says about him. I think this could be said about a lot of you who have kids at this age. But they did not understand the statement which we had made to them. <laughs> I wish I had a I wish I had the ability to count all the times that would have applied to me. And he went down with them. He wasn't defiant. He wasn't angry at them. They just didn't understand each other. He went down they didn't understand him anyway. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and he continued in subjection to them. In other words, he was a good kid. He did what they told told him. And his mother treasured all these things in his heart. But notice what was happening in Jesus' life. He was increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. But here he was growing. We really don't know much about him beyond that for the first 30 years of his life. In other words, 90% of what of Jesus' growing up was was hidden to us. Well, the thing I want you to see that what Jesus offered his mom and his and his and her husband, her uh, Joseph, was he, Jesus was honest. He was honest with his family about who he knew he was and how he felt. Mary was unable to fully understand it. And so she just pondered in her heart. Jesus was honest, and yet he and he was not afraid to differentiate himself from his family. In other words, I think this is an important idea. You want your you as an individual to really mature. You've got to be like Jesus. You've got to come to know who you are. Know like John says in John thirteen, he knew who he, he knew where he came from. He knew where he was going. He knew who he was. Knowing he had come from God, he was going back to God. He knew who he was. He was not afraid to do that for fear that they, would, they wouldn't like it or they would misunderstand or they would criticize him. Luke, and, and, and this was something that we see throughout his whole life. We see this, this component of his life that his first priority was to do the will of the Father, to follow, to follow his Father's direction. I only do those things which please the Father. Luke twenty two forty two. he was in the garden and he was praying, Father, he's getting ready to go to the cross. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. If you're willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. The core fact about what was true about Jesus at 12 years old remained steady through his whole life. See, this is important. He was honest about who he was. Being honest is central to a healthy family relationship. But there's a second thing that's really essential. And it's even harder. Being honest, being honest is hard sometimes. Because, you know, people might not like it. But the second thing is harder. Jesus was honoring. He was honoring. Remember? He didn't buck his parents or fight with them. He subjected himself to them. He was honoring Though Jesus recognized he was very different, 
As a matter of fact, he recognized who he was, and yet he was honoring to them. He was very different. He knew more than they did about everything. He knew he was very different from his biological mother and his siblings. He knew it. He knew he had come from God. He was going back from God. And though he didn't, though they did not understand him, and even though they, they didn't understand him, and they didn't agree with him, and they didn't believe in him, at least his siblings that we know of, his brothers, even though, even though this was true, he did not let them control him. Even though he didn't let them control him, even though they didn't understand him, here's what he did. He never wrote them off. He was honoring. Isn't that something in this day of people just cutting people out of their life for all kinds of reasons, estrangement? He never wrote them off. That's what Jesus did. He honored Mary, his mother, and valued her. Now you could say easily, well, he was God. He could handle it. (laughs) Well, he says, if any one of us says we abide in him, we ought to walk even as he walked. This is hard. He was honest, but he was honoring. Jesus honored Mary as his mother and valued her. As a matter of fact, he looked out for her. When he was hanging on the cross, John then saw his mother, or when Jesus, in John chapter 19, 26, when Jesus then saw his mother and his disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. In verse 27, then he said to the disciple, John, behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. He took care of her from then on. Jesus made sure his mom was taken care of. Why? Because he valued her. And that's what honoring means. To honor is to give value. Kind of like we honor your credit card. It has value. This is a command. Honor your father and your mother. And this is important. You know why it's a command? Because it's not a feeling. Honor is a behavior, not a feeling. You don't have to always feel like it. Jesus was on the cross dying. Didn't necessarily, it wasn't a good time. But he honored her. Jesus showed us that even with your less than perfect family... You must be honest with them, even even if they don't necessarily understand. You must be honest with them, and you must treat each member with honor and value and respect. This is the foundation. And this may be hard for you. You say, you don't know what my brother's like, or what my sister's like, or what my kids have done to me, or what they've said about me, or what my mom was like, she was horrible, or my, my dad was like. This could be really hard. You know what families are? They're kind of like testing grounds. They teach us what we're supposed to learn in families. Oftentimes, maybe you didn't, or maybe this wasn't part of your family. We're to teach forgiveness. You live in proximity with people. They hurt your feelings. You know, Jesus anticipated that we were going to need to be forgiven and need to forgive every day. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. The Lord's Prayer. Yeah, families are testing grounds of grace. 
forgiveness. You learn to practice, to stay in it. They're testing grounds for loving people where they are, not how we want them to be. You know, if you ask yourself, am I present? That means, am I present with this person how they are right now? Or am I present with them how they used to be or how I wish they were? Families are testing grounds of grace for loving people where they are. And that takes faith. And families are testing grounds for giving up control of what you aren't in control of anyway. You're not really in control of the people around your life. You, you, if you keep doing stuff in order to control people into loving you, you're not getting love anyway. You're just getting manipulated responses. It's a testing ground for you relinquishing, for giving up control of what you can't control. And that takes surrender. That takes humility. That takes trust. And you know what trust ultimately is? Trust is you being able to relax. You want to know if you trust God? You want to know if you trust God with your kids and your family or your parents? Can you relax? So you can start now. These two things, they're the biggest things you can give in to your family. You know, you can give this to your mom or you can give the moms, you can give this to your kids or to other people in your family. You can start right now with giving these Two gifts. Let me ask you something. What is standing in the way? What is the big obstacle for you to just be honest with your family? You don't have to give up yourself. You don't have to. You don't have to um, pretend to just be honest. To decide we're going to have an honest relationship rooted in the fact that at least on my end, I'm never going to write them off because I'm going to honor them. What stands in the way to you honoring? What's the obstacle to you honoring the people in your family? You say, well, they're really difficult that they won't talk to me. Sometimes you can't do anything about that, but you try. These are the things that we bring, and these are the great gifts you can give. You know, I think it's great if you get, you know, family, maybe your mom or the moms in your life and flowers or I took some flowers to my my stepmom this week. Uh, a card is great. All these things are great. It's okay for you as a mom to want to give things and say, hey, Mother's Day is a great day for me too, to be generous. But let me tell you something. If you do all that stuff and you don't do these two things, be honest. Give the gift of honesty. Give the gift of honoring. You know, I don't know about you, but you know the greatest thing we can give people is let them to, if we're going to be in a relationship with them, let them see who we really are. Not, you know, not, not some kind of illusion. You know, one of, the, one of the most important things in our lives is to be able to truly be known and to know each other. So give these gifts. Be honest. But be committed to being honoring, even when it's hard. Hey, thank you for watching this. And I really hope that you will share this with somebody. And this coming weekend's message is bring your family. This is going to be really, really a, a very, very important message on family. How to deal with family, not as we wish they were, or the perfect models that kind of beat us down, but families as they are, and how you can navigate through that in a way that's really great. How 
the different kinds of families that we are all a part of. I pray I see you this weekend. If you can't be there for some reason, watch the the um, the weekend message online at this same website. But please, um, please watch and share these or listen and share these. God bless you. Thank you for watching.